On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got the chance to chat with Mike Farrell from Rosie Rings. What an awesome conversation. We talked about their shift from uh, in-store wholesale uh, over to direct consumer and uh, you know how it's been a tough shift but has been incredibly successful. They've never been more profitable uh, and the the business is just really thriving. But it was a massive shift. And so we talked through how they did that. And I think you guys are going to get a ton out of this one. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, and all the other paid platforms for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to help you build a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. In fact, Mindful Marketing wants to offer you a free e-commerce growth plan that they normally charge $500 for. A recent growth plan customer said, our ROAS tripled overnight after implementing their tactics. These guys are no joke at Mindful Marketing Co. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash grow to claim your free e-commerce growth plan today. Now on to today's episode. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by D2CDesign.com. If you're a D2C advertiser, fresh creative is your lifeblood. That's why it's critical to have a design team that gets you new advertising content week in and week out at a fair price. We've met up with Benson over at D2C Designs and came up with this special offer for you to test out the value of their service. They've generously offered to design one free set of creative ads and D2C design strategy session personalized just for your brand. So if you like what you see, give them a test and let us know how it went. And I'm serious. Let us know because we don't want to have advertisers on here that we don't believe in. And we really believe in the guys over at D2C Design. Plus, they specialize in D2C designs that accelerate your brand growth through conversion and personalized designs across your website, email marketing, social media ads, and everything else that you need for growth. So head over to D2CDesign.com. That's the letter D, then the number two, and then the letter C design.com and claim your free set of creative ads. Now on to today's episode. I have with me Michael Farrell. I did not do the pronunciation before, which is, uh, it always gets me. Did I get your name correct? That's <laughs> right. Yeah, you did. I was thinking like guess. Pharrell, Pharrell. <laughs> no, no, it's it's Farrell. Good guess. <laughs> great. Uh, great. Mike, uh, Mike, Michael, great to have you on the podcast. Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah, so Mike Farrell. Um, Mike's fine, by the way. So I'm the CEO of Rosie Rings. Um, Rosie Rings is a home fragrance and home decor brand based out of Denver, Colorado. We've been around for about 25 years, founded by Shannon Cumberland, who was running the company up to about three or four years ago and kind of got to a point where she wanted to not have the day-to-day hassles of the business hinder her creativity. So she's still doing all of our creative and kind of took over the, the day-to-day operations there. And, you know, uh, Shannon's very talented and and our niche markets kind of our dried botanical offerings. So just about everything we make has some sort of botanical aspect, be it dried flowers or dried fruits or, or whatever it might be. So what was the name Rosie Rings? Because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's a ring company. 
<laughs> yeah. So legend has it that Shannon was in line at the uh, Secretary of State's office to file for an LLC in like 98. And they said, well, what's the name of the company? And she had not thought about that prior to that moment. And she goes, Rosie Rings. And it's stuck. And it's been with us ever since. <laughs> That's a great, that's a great story. We did not discuss that before. So I did not realize that there was a good, uh, a good story like that. And yeah, yeah and it's stuck to so 25 years. So I'd love to hear like sort of what has happened, like the metamorphosis of this brand, right? Because you've gone from, you know, 1998, things were a lot different back then, right? There was not the kind of, you know, like online first, direct consumer first types of brands out there yet. Oh, I'd love totally. to hear the journey of, of Rosie Rings. Yeah. So. Like most candle companies and, and home decor companies, you know, it starts off small. Shannon's going to small trade shows around the area in the late 90s, kind of getting some traction. At the time, she's making the candles in her basement. She said when she got the eye-opening experience of getting a pallet of wax delivered in her driveway and carrying 100-pound boxes down her to her basement, that she was like, okay, I'm on to something. I need to take it to the next level. Fast forward like 10 to 15 years, and just like all other candle companies, we're a rep brand. We have rep groups all over the nation. We're going to all of these trade shows, Dallas, Atlanta, New York, LA, all of these different trade shows. We're investing a tremendous amount of money and capital into commissions, into the trade shows, permanent booth spaces at the trade shows. And then fast forward about five more years. And we kind of realized that the model's not working for us. That like, it, like that it wasn't profitable or? or? It, it was not profitable. Okay. Um, it probably was profitable up to about two to three million. And then at that point, a lot of our resources had to go into growing the company, right? Mm. And so we we were going to trade shows and we'd spend $100,000 on a trade show and get $30,000 with award. And yeah, it, it, you can you can classify it as like brand investment or whatever it might be. But, you know, at the end of the day, it just doesn't make sense for a small company to, you know, take that kind of hit on that. Yeah, yeah. So, in 2018, we realized that we are a very handmade labor-intensive product, right? And we had great rep groups, but they were trying to fit us into molds that just didn't really fit us, right? We mm. we couldn't go to a show that we were paying commissions on every order we got and offer a 25% discount and free shipping. There just wasn't enough margin on our product. We weren't yeah. importing cheap candles from China and then marking them up 200%. Yeah. And so we decided in 2018 that we were going to kind of shift our business. We wanted to keep our boutiques. We wanted to keep the wholesale side of the business. We just wanted to manage it internally. So our sales staff kind of changed from managing the rep groups to managing the boutique accounts. We really wanted to grow brand awareness. And so we made the strategic decision to do some custom products for national accounts. So we work with several now. Anthropology it has fresh offerings all the time that are exclusive to them. We're doing private lines for um, the Biltmore Hotels. We, we got a lot of cool custom projects coming down the pipeline, which was you know very intentional on our part to kind of get yeah. that brand image out there. And, and partnering some, with those kind of brands too makes right. makes a lot of sense, right? For the image that you're trying to portray and kind of that oh, halo yeah. effect too. Yeah, for sure. And it gets us in front of audience that we would otherwise not obtain. And so we we really want to keep our wholesale business kind of where it was. We wanted to grow that key account business. And in the meantime, we wanted to put all of our efforts into growing our e-commerce and direct to consumer. And so that's kind of what we did in 2018. We started making those shifts. We unfortunately let go of those rep groups that we'd been with and had such a great relationship with, but it was the right decision to kind of take the company forward. 
we did got you, out of. Did you notice a big, like when you, when you got rid of, you know, the rep groups that you guys have been working with for ages, did you guys notice a huge sales dip or were you able to mitigate that with direct consumer sales and, and sort of the new direction? Well, so we made a very large effort to comfort our customers through that transition from ordering from the rep groups to our ordering to us directly. We probably lost some customers through it, but I think overall it, it, we were okay. We were able to replace the business pretty quickly with the okay. national accounts and the exclusive product offerings and then with the direct consumer as well. And honestly, a, a lot of the accounts that we lost were probably accounts that we weren't crazy about having in the first place because what's really important to us is is the brand image. And, and we don't want our products just in any store, right? We, we want them to be in the really awesome stores that, you know, are, are an experience when you walk in. So, but yeah, we made that change and we got rid of our permanent showroom space in the Atlanta Mart and started putting all of those resources that we were spending on that business model into e-commerce and other areas of the business that really needed it. And so what did that look like, that transition? Did you, was that just like straight on to Facebook and Google? What was that transition like? Or did you have a big enough like audience built up that you didn't need to necessarily go heavy on paid? So we did our first paid advertising in November of 2020. No way. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we might have had $5 Facebook ads here or there, but we didn't start investing in paid advertising until November 2020. Wow. Which is kind of, it's really interesting to have this chat, right? Because most of the brands that we talk to have been built on cheap ads. Right. Right. You know, up until this point, um, whereas you guys are, are, you know, have been built on a totally different kind of foundation, whereas ads now for you can just be like a luxury. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they, we've seen a lot of traffic gains from it, but we have very loyal customers. and I can't say enough good things about our customers, but, you know, we really heavily depended on our Instagram followers and our email list to yeah. kind of take us to where we were. I mean, and we're talking about triple digit growth rates over the last couple of years on our website and wow. not. You know, not spending money on the ad spend allowed us to spend money on other things that, you know, probably helped us get to where we are today. Yeah, totally. I mean, either way, there's investments, right, that you're making, uh, whether it's going to be paid ads or your time or PR or whatever it is, you're making some kind of investment uh, either way. And it sounds like the investments that you guys have been making have been paying off. Um, I would love to hear about something unique that you guys did last year that I hadn't heard of anybody else doing except for (laughs) myself. (laughs) <laughs> well, and I hadn't heard about anybody else doing it until you told me that you did it coincidentally we're, at the same time we did it. Yeah, we're literally just about to launch that again, I think, on Thursday or Friday. The same promo. So. Yeah. So the pandemic hit us hard in March. We, we saw about a 98% decrease in, in revenue. Obviously, all of the boutiques had to close. And it was important to us to still be able to get our products out to our consumers. And, you know, local safety regulations made it tough for production and, and things like that. And so what we really focused on was surviving. And what got us through that entire thing was our website, right? And mm. being able to ship directly to our consumers. And during that time, web sales were down a little bit. And we were trying to come up with a sale that would get our customers to explore new products that they otherwise probably wouldn't check out. And Easter was coming up in a couple of weeks. And so we came up with the idea to do an Easter egg hunt on our website. And, you know, my main focus was to have consumers experience different things that they wouldn't otherwise look at. We just didn't want to run a site-wide sale that everybody goes back to their favorite product that they've only bought. And that's the only one they've ever tried and buy that same product again. So we, uh, I don't remember how the, 
how it even came up, but the person that runs uh, the website was, and I kind of just like simultaneously is like, let's do an Easter egg hunt. And so that's what we did. We, we took certain products and it varies throughout the entire holiday. They change every day and put them on sale. And so if you go to our website during Easter, you'll find certain products that have a flashing Easter egg. So the product image and the Easter egg kind of flash back and forth. And those products are, you know, significantly discounted off. How did you do that with like, as far as like just the the nitty gritty tactical kind of stuff? How how did you make that image? Did you just get like a developer to to do that? Or no, we we did it in house. So we uh, all of my employees will tell you that if there's a chance that we might be able to figure something out ourselves or get something done ourselves, we do not hire somebody else to do it. Yeah. Uh, and so Lexi, who who runs our website, who's fantastic, I, I guess she watched some YouTube videos on how to do it. I don't, I'm not quite sure how she did it, but she, she came <laughs> like up you with guys just came and said, like, Le- Lexi, this is what this is what we want to do. Figure it out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, Lexi was was with me when we came up with the idea. Oh, OK. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then she got real excited about it and and ran with the idea. And they, we have a couple graphic designers that work in our uh, product development. And so they they probably helped her a little bit with the art for the Easter egg. But yeah, she was able to put all of the images into our website and she changes them every day. So, you know, probably she used GIFs or GIF. I, I don't know how you actually pronounce that. I've never known. But it's, it's I'm a GIF. I'm a GIF guy. I've okay. got uh, one of my best friends is a GIF guy. And I, I can't <laughs> stand when I hear GIF. I'm like, but it's a G. It's a hard G. I know. That's my thought too. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, you know, we, we were doing it for 20 different products a day. So she probably had to make 80 or so of them. But wow. yeah, we, <laughs> we pulled it off. She's probably feverishly making them again right now as we speak, getting ready oh, for totally. ourselves to launch And then putting tomorrow. them into like a spreadsheet of like, where are these again? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, but it, it was a very interesting thing. And to date, other than Black Friday and virtual warehouse sales, it's been our most successful event that we've had on our on our website. Yeah, I mean, we definitely noticed that last year. When was Easter last year? Was Ooh, it in March? I think it was at the end of March. The, like, I think it was at the 29th or 30th of March, like right now, last year, I think. Yeah, I, I, th- I yeah, I think so too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look that up because I was looking at some year-over-year stuff and uh, on on uh, one of our brands, and I was like, oh, interesting. We had like this massive spike right around yeah. this time last year. So I'm yeah, assuming think, that that's what it was. <laughs> I think it was at the end of March. Yeah. <laughs> So our, our listeners uh, will know after 200 episodes that I am very high level and don't uh, don't love to get into to, to all the nitty gritty. Well, that means that two of us completely ignore every detail we possibly can. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. I find details, people. That's that's what I'm very good at is just finding those people that are really good at doing those things. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a weakness of mine. Okay, well, great, great. Two of us talking right now. I've got to ask you the question. I so first of all, absolutely love. I mean, obviously we're on the same page with the Easter egg hunt idea. Like it's just such a good idea to get people all around your website, right? On all these products and pages that they wouldn't normally go. And then you don't have to blow them out on a warehouse sale. And also it's, I love doing discounts that don't look like discounts. They don't look like sales. So you're not hurting your brand. Well, and when, when I started at Rings or took over the website, I guess I I worked there for a year before I really dug into the website. We were doing a 30% off sale every weekend and (laughs) it it was damaging our brands. Nobody was buying until we sent the email like, Oh, here's the 30% off sale again. And that, that's not our brand. Like our, our our boutique customers on the wholesale side of things, they never run specials on our candles or on our products. And so we 
when I took the website over, we didn't run a sale for, well, probably July till Black Friday was the first sale we ran wow, in 2019. Wow. And yeah. uh, the revenue dropped pretty significantly. But overall, we, you know, that's a huge investment into the brand. And to this day, we still, unless it's a Black Friday sale, we don't really run any site-wide, um, yeah. you know, overall discounts. It, it's just... It's not who we are, and we we don't want our consumers to be conditioned to just wait for the next big sell email. Totally. And there's so many other ways you can go about doing it, right? Like you can bundle things together, right? right. That to me, not a sale. Exactly. And it doesn't damage the brand in the in the same sort of way. So sounds like we're we're definitely on the same page when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, you know, one one last thing on the Easter egg hunt though. I thought that our audience really enjoyed it because it was an experience and at the time nobody was having any sort of experience, right? They were going on Amazon and trying to buy toilet paper, trying to find mm -hmm. toilet paper somewhere. Yeah. Like they weren't going into these really awesome stores and having this experience. And so a little bit of the feedback that we got from the sale was, you know, it it was fun because it it was an ex shopping experience that they kind of hadn't had for the prior four weeks because that was, you know, that was kind of at the peak of everybody being at home totally. and not being able to leave. And peak of anxiety so, too, right? Like yeah. this time last year was just, what is this world going to look like? We're all oh. trying to like pivot, you know, like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? <laughs> um, at this time last year, I was like, so what? Probably like two more weeks. I mean, they said two weeks and it's been two, but I don't think it's ending right now. So what, like two more weeks and then things will be back to normal. <laughs> I know. And like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That That's exactly what it seemed like. Like, oh, this is just a blip. There's This yeah. isn't going to last too long. We just went into another lockdown as of today in British Columbia. Like, oh, come man. on. Like, they closed all the restaurants. I'm like, come on. It's it's the one-year anniversary lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, remember what this is like? Let's do it again. At least schools are still open. At least school. I'm like, just protect the schools. I need those kids in school. <laughs> I know. I, I have a 15-month-old myself, but I've everybody at Rosie Rings that has kids and hadn't been able to send them to school. I mean, it's been it's been an interesting year and we've tried to accommodate as much as we can because, you know, basically everybody during the day has been teaching their kids. It's yeah. it's been very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy year. Mike, I gotta ask you the question I ask everybody who comes on this podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Oh, I would say my secret to scaling is figuring out what makes your brand or your ability special and then getting rid of everything that distracts you from that. Mm. So, for example, if shipping your products isn't making you special, then quit spending energy on it and find a 3PL. We use a 3PL called Five Logistics out of Denver. It was one of the best moves that we ever made as a mm. So, awesome. yeah, you know, if it, if it's not making you special, then, you know, don't put any resources into it. Yeah. If you yeah, have limited resources. Totally. And that's a great example, right? Like, you know, 3PL is one of those, one of those areas where, you know, a lot of brands can do that. There are some that yeah. cannot and it does not make sense for when you have right. a billion SKUs totally. or you're, you know, manufacturing locally or I, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons I'm thinking of, <laughs> of all of, all of our brands and the two that we're acquiring right now. They're all, yeah. we all fulfill in house. And it might make sense. And and that was just an example. You know, when I used to work for another candle company and, and our big push was hand poured, which Rosie Rings, you know, puts that their claim to hand poured to shame after you see some of our products and, and the labor that goes into it. But, mm. you know, at that place, it was hand poured makes us special. Where, what efficiencies can we find that doesn't take us away? Right. Yes. And so yes. it was finding all of those other efficiencies and not wasting your time and your efforts on, you know, things that didn't make you special. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great, yeah, great uh, secret. I love that. 
Uh, we're going to move on to our lightning round here. I've got three more questions for you. Okay. What is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? It's not even business related, except it helps me keep my sanity, but I am in love with the Peloton and the Peloton app. Oh, okay. It de-stresses me. It takes me out of my world and puts me into a completely different one. I never yeah. think about work while I'm doing it. It's amazing. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I've got friends with Pelotons who just love them. I, uh, I'm a mountain biker, I'm, so I just can't, I can't, uh, I can't stay inside. <laughs> I, I do both. I, I'll tell you, I don't even know what's around me while the Peloton class is going on. They do a really good job of keeping you focused. And I'm extremely competitive, so that probably helps a little bit. But I mountain bike too. But, but probably good so. in the winter time, right? Like, cause you're in Denver, which right. I imagine is probably a lot snowier than where I am on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, we have some nice weather through the winter, but you can expect a lot of snow. I think we got two inches of snow last night, but it's almost all melted now. So. Oh, okay. Okay. But you're still in, oh, you're still in snow season. Yeah. For us, uh, it's uh, the snow line is super high now. So we're, uh, I'm, I'm planning my bike ride like as we speak right now today. So I'm, I'm very jealous. <laughs> I hadn't been outside in six months. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Enough about mountain biking. My, uh, yeah. <laughs> any of my employees that listen to this are just going to be like, dude, stop talking about mountain biking. That's all you ever talk about. <laughs> oh, my employees are going to say the same thing about a Peloton. <laughs> And I have to let it go. <laughs> That's great. One of my business partners in our marketing agency uh, has a Peloton. So I'm going to tell him, I'm like, you start talking more about your Peloton so I can talk more about mountain biking, okay? <laughs> there you go. Nice trade-off. Uh, second question for you. Favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? Ooh, I don't listen to nearly as many podcasts now that I work mostly from home. I used to really enjoy them on the 45-minute ride into the office. I think that My First Million has a really interesting take on things and just kind of gives you a lot of perspective about a lot of different, you know, a lot of different businesses that have seen a lot of success. Um, mm. I really like the way they kind of lay things out. Yeah, awesome. We'll make sure to put uh, that one in the show notes as well. Yeah, that's a podcast that I've heard a lot about, uh, have not uh, listened to yet. So I, yeah, ha have you ever um, read The Hustle? It's like a daily inbox. Uh, no, I don't get The Hustle. I, I know of The Hustle, but I, I yeah. do not. I'm a, I'm a morning brew, uh, marketing brew. That gotcha. That, those are the ones I focus on. <laughs> yeah, I, I subscribed to The Hustle a while back, just kind of stay, you know, up to date on, on some different things that were going on. And the same guys put on that my first million. So that's kind of what got me into it. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. That's great. Yeah. One more question for you. If you could sit down with anybody for an hour, who's alive, have some coffee, tea, beer, wine, who would it be? Oh, geez. Anybody for an hour. They have to be alive. They have to be alive, unfortunately. Yes, that is the stipulation of the, of the question. Okay. I think I would have to go with Bezos and just oh, like, okay. from the early on, like when he was starting, I, I just really want to pick his brain about like, you got this idea, you ran with the idea. You know, I, I heard something the other day. Oh, you know, the token CEO, the Barstool Sports T uh, token CEO podcast. I've listened to that one a lot too. Okay. Um, yeah. And she was talking, she got her hands on one of the first job listings for Amazon and uh, Bezos put in the job listing specifically must be able to complete the same amount of work as a normal person in half the time. Like that was one of the requirements to apply for the job. So like the vision that he must have seen so early, because that was for one of his first programmers. Wow. Wow. Imagine so, yeah. that. Hey, like, and he always like, he always had this vision of this massive company, right? right. Like that was always on his horizon. Yeah. So I don't think I, a lot of people really 
think that big. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, the sheer vision he must have had, what, in, in 99 or 2000, you know, as it was taking off. Because I think he, he started the website in, what, 98? Anyway, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be all that interested in, like, what he's doing now because it's just, like, this massive corporation and it really doesn't apply to me. But, like, the early on would be my focus there, I think. Yeah. Or for yeah. that fact, any any of those giant founders and, and like, you know, the in the early days. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be so interesting. And I think that's why people are so drawn to those kinds of shows and podcasts, like how I built this and just knowing like the, the, you know, we've all been there right at early stage and, and lots of us are still there, right? You know, grinding it out. And it's so nice to know that there is the possibility of there, you know, being an explosion, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and then also like what missteps or what missteps that you thought were missteps happened that took you to where you are? Cause you know, there were so many, right? Like of course. mistakes that they thought they made that actually like changed the course of the business forever. And without that one mistake, it probably would have, you know, wouldn't have mounted any. Totally. Yeah. Well, Mike, this has been a great conversation. Where can people find out, uh, more about you specifically and then also um, connect with Rosie Rings. Oh, well, I'm on LinkedIn and I rarely get on there. So probably can't find out very much about me specifically, but for sure, check out rosierings.com and uh, follow us on Instagram at Rosie Rings. And you'll see me from time to time if you follow those two mediums. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciated the talk. Um, and I think yeah. that people will get a lot out of this one. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I enjoyed being here. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.